Hey there, I'm Susan. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to the Eavesdrop on Us podcast, where we have real conversations about what it's like to be in business these days. Pull up a chair and welcome to the show. We're your host, Jessica. And I'm Susan. And Susan, I just have to comment, is now that we're doing this as a video, how opposite we are in like season and dress today. So <laughs> <laughs> like I get on camera and I'm like, I'm cold. Yeah. I've got my new cozy Patagonia sweater on. It is, I mean, it, it, I think it's like 45 degrees, but it might as well be 15 degrees outside for me. Like I cannot get warm Thank enough. For us. Who are you kidding? Don't, you know, you got to represent. This is a New Hampshire heat wave. It's 45 degrees out, folks. Yeah. I know. And you get on camera and you have like your stylish jacket, your your cool glasses. And meanwhile, I've got like my winter socks and a blanket on my lap. <laughs> T-shirt and jeans ready to go. You can take anything with that. Oh, oh my gosh. So I have just, I've been so excited to, to get into this, um, this new space because I am now in my new attic, which is my new office. And this has been in construction mode since last summer. And so it has like the new, you know, how the new smell smells. Yes. And it sounds, it even sounds new. It is because we still haven't put in all the furniture yet. So I was like, I don't even care. I don't care that the space isn't isn't quite finished. I don't care if I'm still on like a, a kitchen table chair. I haven't gotten my new office chair yet. I'm just so excited to be in this space. Um, and it made me, you know what it made me think of real quick? It so made me think of like, you know, the, the, the concept of like the four walls can hear, like if the four walls could hear the conversations, you know? Haven't we said that a thousand times to each other? At least? Yes, but yeah. you know what it reminded me of it. I thought of our very first office space that we rented. Like I know, like the bittersweetness of that office. I still, I remember when we were leaving, we're like, "Good riddance, office, we're done." And now I look back on it with such fondness. And I was thinking yes. about, you know, where I was so new in the business in that office space that I had that I, I was like, if, if those walls recorded the sales conversations that I had, had back in like 2017, you know, yeah. but it, it was such a, it would be ugly. <laughs> I know, but it, it like cradled me that little office space. Like it cradled me, you know, when I was very, so new to entrepreneurship, but I recorded like my very first social media lives in that space. And I was just thinking walking up here today, that's right. All your Facebook lives were done there. I used to do yeah. it in them yeah. in that office. And yeah. I was thinking as I was walking up here, it's like, what am I going to accomplish and do in this space? Amazing stuff. Oh, no, I, and yeah. some, some, you know, not so amazing, but mm -hmm. it's going to be a delicious experience regardless. I love it. I can't wait. Congratulations, yes. by the way. Oh, thanks. And you could hear my dog probably downstairs barking at the people who have the audacity to be going home right now. Actually, she's saying, excuse me, our attic is done. <laughs> but I actually know what she's saying is like, excuse me, how dare you not allow me up there? That is actually what she's saying. <laughs> I don't know about that, but that's okay. Just yes. Yes. So... Susan, I am excited for this week's topic because I think what's been so fun about doing doing these conversations is mm -hmm. there's like no preparation. And so you're like, what are we talking about? Like, what topics do you want to bring to the table? So here's, here's, can I introduce this week's topic? Oh, yes. I, folks, I'm right with you. Yes, please share. Yeah, you, you don't know what's coming. All right. So 
Susan, you probably heard in the news or saw, you know, on social media that there was a business closure in the town where I live in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it always like stings. There's, yeah, yeah it, it, I don't, I don't know if I, if I weren't an entrepreneur or didn't appreciate small business or entrepreneurship, I don't know if I would have had the reaction, but it was almost like this gutted, like, no feeling what? when I saw this announcement. And so for context, uh, there's a, a museum, right? And run by a nonprofit, but still a business nonetheless, still a critical part of the community that mm-hmm. announced, basically it was like an immediate closure, right? It wasn't though as they announced a countdown. No, no heads up. No, it was like immediate, like we are closed. That's the worst. That yeah. We have no opportunity to get accustomed to the potential of losing a friend in the neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. So. So the context is, is it's uh, the Museum of New Art, Mona, and the board of directors released a letter to the community that basically said, you know, we're closing due to low revenue. They were pretty honest and transparent. Now, for context, for those of you watching and listening, we have no idea the inner workings. We have no idea what happened. Like we did not know the, the behind the scenes of what transpired and what, what led to this point. But yeah. we're rather reacting as community members and small business owners and seeing this business basically say, um, we're closing our doors due to low revenue. And here's the the heart most, I think the heartbreaking part of it for me is that this was a business on the main street in a very busy city. Like this is a, it's a city in New Hampshire, but still, right. Well, it is. Don't we have seven of them now? Come on. We, we have seven. So we don't have one big city. We have seven big cities. Let's celebrate them all. Well, I am celebrating. What I'm saying is I don't want people to think it's not like Boston size or New York city size. We're like, we're, it's a, it's a small city, but it is a city that thrives on tourism and it has a very popular artistic um, community and scene. And so I think it was, it was heartbreaking to see that something that was so centrally located you know, by so much foot traffic, literally across the street from one of the most popular bars and restaurants in town. Like it is packed. Is it on Market Street? Congress Street. That means street. street. <gasps> yep. First. Yep. yep. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. So I think, Susan, what I think would be a valuable exercise mm-hmm. just for, I think for us, engaging for us to talk about, but also super valuable for an entrepreneur listening to this is, okay, so what can we learn from this? You know, the, the, it's already popping. Oh, good, good, good. Because, you know, again, we're not here to, to judge. We don't have awareness of the inner workings. I think rather, I think there are some lessons. It's the silver lining when we see something as, as unfortunate as this happen. I think there's some silver linings. So I guess, Susan, I'm going to push it over to you and just say, I would love to hear, you know, first of all, what's your initial reaction to this? And then where's your mind popping and going? You know, initially, whenever I hear an abrupt, we're closing. To me, I think, it, number one, it's always a, a hit to the heart, just as we shared just a second ago. Strategically, what I'm thinking is, wow, what a missed opportunity for everyone, the community, the business community, the academic community, because of its NOMA, I'm I'm assuming it was attached to the University of New Hampshire in one way or the other. No, 
Now, was this an nope. independent? Independent. Oh. That's as far, as far as I know. Okay. So, you know, I always go into where was the business community? And more importantly, why weren't the conversations had? Meaning, you know, if you're a member of the community, that's where you get to say, hey, look, remember, we're we're here. We want to stay here. We think we're a vital part of the community. Strawberry Bank did this. Many other nonprofits are really smart and savvy when they do do this because they have to remind their constituency and the community at large. We're here. And we add a lot of value and quality to your daily life, either directly or indirectly. We need your support. Come on out. Let us, if you haven't been here to enjoy our environment and our offerings, consider this a direct invitation, that type of a campaign. And when I hear them closing abruptly, to me, that the, all the conversations weren't had because as a community member, and I know you're active in your community, to not be even aware that they may be a possibility. To me, that's just a heartbreak. And especially with our arts, performing arts, creative arts, um, whenever we lose an opportunity to celebrate that expression and opportunity, because it does add value to our community and our daily life, both indirectly and directly, I think that's a, a very missed opportunity. Secondly, on it, that the conversations were not had too, I would go towards how can we learn from this? If you remember, I always share, treat everything as a master's class. So the master's class, I would be looking at it going, huh, maybe so I don't miss out on communication and engagement and opportunities I may not be aware of that could be afforded to me and my organization. Maybe I should reach out to folks. Maybe I should invite folks as to, we'd like to stay, we don't want to close. What do you recommend? You know, a nice round table with stakeholders in your community. Here's a big scoop. You can also do that with your business. Very many folks, you know, believe that they have to bear the cross and the, and the heavy load on their back alone. And it's the exact opposite because your business is part of the community. It adds value, in, whether directly or indirectly, to the community. And why? Because I've always said, haven't I, from day one, if you have a healthy business community, you have a great town or community at large because you have folks keeping their investments in place, you have stability, you have economic opportunity, you have creativity, you have engagement, quality of life. And, you know, it's okay to be able to reach out to like-minded individuals and, and say, hey, um, I need some help. What are you doing? Could you offer any guidance or solutions? And when it becomes a community thing, magic happens because now everybody is instantly reminded, oh, wow, we really are a community. It really does take all of us. It really does. You know, instead of this, you really get to put to the, you know, what do they say? Walk, talk, walk the talk. Isn't it what that, how you walk the talk. You walk know, the walk, it, talk the talk. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. You know, if you're going to support local business, well, dang it, 
get out there once a week or once a I month. I think that's it. Can, can we come back to that for a second? Because I actually, just as you were talking, one of the things, okay, so I couldn't help myself. This is the fact finder in me. Of course, I see I see this announcement and immediately I'm like, okay, so what happened? Like I go into detective mode because I'm like, okay, what? let me see what, what happened. So I go to, I'm part of our town's Facebook group when I laugh because it actually is a very informative group. It's not just a cesspool of people complaining about, you okay. know, yeah. a bunch of stuff. So the town square. Yes. So I go there and I start to see something that this is when my mouth went totally agape. They posted, someone posted, you know, Mona is closing. And I go through the comments and lo and behold, I see, but besides the people who are like, who, you know, the, the naysayers, like who cares? Like they, they contribute, whatever. Like I didn't even consider those. What was really telling and what was quite shocking, I think to me, is the number of people who actually didn't know that the museum existed and it's on a main street. But people who legitimately were like, I didn't, I, I feel horrible. I didn't know that this existed. What a missed opportunity. And secondly, no, no, this is, this is the part that just, I'm like, this is where we can learn from this is oh. people were saying, I didn't realize this was a museum that was free admission, but relied solely on donations. People probably assumed, right? Because they just didn't know that like, oh, it's a museum. You pay admission. They, they get their revenue from tickets. And I feel like you should see my face. I was like, oh, no, because people just didn't know. And I think that's why I wanted to add that con context to what you were saying, because I think it is a missed opportunity, but also I think it's a mistake so many business owners make, which is I'm centrally located. I built it and they will come. Oh, right, yes. right. I built it, and they yes. will come. And it's not like a, I'm an online business owner, like now, like now. we are with our laptops. It's like I am in the middle. There are so many cars, so many pedestrians. I'm centrally located. People will see us of and then come in. come in. Right? Yeah, of course they'll come in. And then I think secondly, it was the. I mean, again, I don't know what what their plan was or how they found their their donors, but I think they were probably just relying on like, oh, people don't want to see the arts go away. People are people care about arts in this town, and look, they they went low on revenue because people just legitimately did not know. Yeah, I, you know, I think all the way around, I think there's a great case to be made. Mm -hmm. So, if to me, what I'm hearing you saying is such a lack of communication. We built it and they didn't come along. Well, and, and here's what's wild to me. I think anyone who's been in business mm -hmm. intellectually understands that. And I think what's such an interesting conversation for us is, okay, so if you know that, then why aren't you doing anything? And again, I'm not speaking just strictly about Mona in this instance, the museum. Yeah. I'm talking about so many business owners who are, I think, passive in their approach to finding clients and and marketing their business it's sort of the like well i've had people refer to me in the past i'll just wait for a referral or i'll wait for, for people to google me or i'll wait for people to you know just find me so many people operate with that mentality i agree but that's when they think it's always like a game of pac-man and that's antiquated Th those days are gone people you know, I'm just going to go out there and acquire, 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 acquire. You have to look also at your book of business and your book of business is defined as 
if you've been around for a little bit, those that have done business with you and or continue to do business with you, that is considered your book of business. And the statistics really follow along the Pareto rule, just so the 80-20 split. So mm -hmm. their rule always goes 80% of your book of business um, already retains a like, know, and trust of you with you, your services and so on. And so, you know, it, it follows on from that to say it, there's less resistance, there's less uh, drag, there's um, faster conversion when you do go back to them. But what is that? We're talking about communication, right? We're about staying in contact with them, letting those folks know what you do, why you do it, how you do it, when you do it, who you do it with. Now, I ripped that off pretty fast, but it should come that quickly when you're in business, right? Everybody should know what the heck you're doing and why you're doing it, who you're doing it with, and when you're doing it. And why is that? You know, as you're talking about folks acquiring brand new business, I want to pivot to the folks that should be going back to their book of business. And I think this is where the museum could have learned all those individuals that walked in there or families or tourists or locals or state officials or whomever. There should have been a list. That's your book of business. You know, have you said thank you? Have you said, come on back? Have you said, would you like to have a conversation? Can we tell you what we're doing now? And, or, you know, create a relationship. I'm not asking you to marry them and move in. What I am encouraging is, can we have a professional engagement in the sense of we're committed to the, you know, community here. And in this instance, the performing arts, community arts, applied arts, fine arts. And this, it, this, this requires a community support and uh, you've come by before. We'd love to come have you come by. But, but this is what I'm, I'm trying to dig into because this is why I'm so, I, I'm so curious because I see this behavior so often with, you know, some of our clients, not all of them, but some who are coming in and they're new, but also a lot of business owners in general is they're like, they know they need to be reaching out. They know that they need to be doing this. So I'm why gonna, aren't Oh, I'm going to come to that. So let me put a final point on, on my yeah. previous point here. Just a second, because it's really, there's a really good point, long-winded, but good point. Mm -hmm. When it comes to renew, if you have a book of business, you know, when it comes to renew or repitch, reposition, re-engage, so many people wait to when it's to their advantage, not to the client or the consumer's advantage. Mistake, big mistake, number one. So what I was going to suggest in really wrapping that up was always stay in communication with them. So when you do communicate an opportunity for an engagement, a sales engagement, it's not treated or received as, well, you only get in front of me when you want. You know, it's so funny. Can I just say something about that is it is it just tickles me because everyone's always like, I don't want to come across as salesy. I don't want to be salesy. And yet the only time you end up hearing from them is when it benefits them and they need yes. something. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah. let me go back to what we were talking about. Your question of you know, how do they communicate? How do they reach out? 
you know, in terms of value proposition. So where did you want to go with that? I It wasn't the, it wasn't the how it was, it was the, you know, any, like I said, anyone who's been in business mm -hmm. knows that they need to be in communication. They need to ask for referrals. They need to like intellectually, they're like, yep, I know I need to do that, but why aren't they? That, what are they afraid of? Rejection. Nobody wants to hear no. Mm -hmm. No one. And here's the biggest thing. You're coming out of gate with no, because you told yourself no first. By not making that reach out, by not connecting with that previous supporter, community member, and I, I, I'm sticking with the NOMA thing, but I would say in any business on Main Street or even online, e-com, by not reaching out, you've already said no. You've given yourself that first no. And you've denied and judged the person who could have said yes incorrectly. And what a shame all the way around. What a shame. So many times what I've advised our clients is get comfortable with others telling you no. You're already comfortable saying no to yourself. Put yourself in a position of where you're comfortable with a no. And what I mean in that instance, don't personally internalize that. Don't personally receive that. They just said, no, thank you. Not now. They didn't say not ever. Never, ever. Some might. I, I, really it happens. Usually it's thank you, but no thank you. Not right now. I also think too, you know, something that I've, I've had in, I've, I've talked about in conversation with some of our clients and just other business owners when it comes to putting yourself out there and asking for the opportunity, not necessarily the immediate sale, but it's, you know, it's asking for a connection, asking yeah. for a referral, whatever it is. You know, I think when you as a business understand and, and appreciate and I think believe in your mission, why you're here and who there you're here to support. I, I think when you come at it from that angle, there it is. It, it doesn't feel as you just I'm asking I'm asking people for money or it doesn't feel as transactional. And I think that has been such a shift. Well but it's actually I was talking with a, a new business owner who was just we were connected through one of our mutual friends and I just gave her a quick like snippet of of advice because she was like, I need to start finding some clients. And I was like, well Leverage your, the people you already know, because that's the fastest and easiest. And I said, but here's what you do. Yeah. People love to be part of a mission. They love to be part of something that's bigger than themselves. Yeah. And I said, when you understand that, like, yes, of course, your business needs to generate revenue and you need to find clients. But if there's a bigger reason why you're doing that, yeah, I think that's be, when it. Don't be ashamed here. You know, one of the reasons my mom, Nana, did really well with her restaurant was because she was newly divorced and supporting the family. Mm -hmm. Now I can tell you most breakfast and lunch places are a half a penny, a baker's dozen, but why did people come to her place? Well, number one, she's, she was like the junior mayor of town. She's, she's an extrovert. Everyone loved coming in and seeing Mo and, and getting their coffee and breakfast and all of that good stuff. But you know what? They could have gone to five other very popular restaurants very quickly, easily. And quite frankly, the parking would have been a hell of a lot easier, but they came because they also knew she was newly divorced. 
and she was now a head of household. They liked her. They liked the food. They liked the price. And they liked her chutzpah. She was not going to take it laying down. She was going to take it and lean hard into it. And golly, did she ever. And, you know, I learned at her hip how important the community businesses are. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't just her. Because remember, back in the 70s, women didn't get a business loan. You, you as a female were not permitted which is just mind-numbing to think about, but you were not permitted to request a formal bank loan. You could not sign without a male signature. And that could have been your son, as long as it was a male. It's just terrible, but nothing deterred her. And her community rallied around because she didn't have a problem telling everybody why she started that restaurant. And what was that communication? It was a mission. We're not going to fail. We have a mission behind us. We're going to rally around this challenge. And the community backed her up. And that couldn't have been easy. We're talking the mid-70s. That could not have been easy. When, you know, divorce was more or less like the Scarlet A. You know, we're in that like poor Esther. You know, in this instance, it was a real hardship. But she had to bring that partner in of the community and letting them know, look, I'm here. I'm going to give you a great deal. I'm going to give you great service, great food. And I'm going to give you a couple, you know, giggles and laughs and maybe even a hug. But I need you. Can you come? And they did. And we had a terrific run as a family owned restaurant there. I learned so much in that experience. And it really informs very much and inspired a lot of what we do today. Yeah, I I think it's, I think that is often, I think there's, like you were saying, it's the, it's the fear of rejection. And I think listening to you, I think also, I don't know if it's a, it's a matter of business owners just losing sight of their mission and just not thinking about it as a piece of their like outreach and their general communication and, and also just part of their sales process. Mm -hmm. I also think funny enough, there's so many existing business owners that still have very weird feelings about sales and the role of sales in their business. 100%. Uh, all you need to do is speak to an industry in, in the health industry. Mm-hmm. We have a number of physicians that are starting businesses and boy, is there a conflict in mainstream. Well, I'm, I'm even talking about the, the ones who've been and not just the ones starting mom, the ones who've been in business. I'm agreeing with you. They have a hard time with sales. In the sense of, I have a long, you know, academic and practical experience of sales is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm a physician. I'm, you know, a person of science. And, you know, they, they have a very, very unpleasant and negative viewpoint on a sale. And all I can say is you got taught incorrectly. Everything is the art of persuasion and everything has a sales component to it. You know, when you are persuading your dog not to bark in the background. (laughs) That's right. The hardest sales conversation in the entire world. (laughs) Because it's an art of persuasion. I have a five month old German shepherd puppy. Please don't wake up at one o'clock, please. You know, go back to bed. 
That's well, I think it's like, it's like you were saying, everything's a masterclass. I think some of our early mentors taught us that, you know, everything is sales. It is. And so if you look at it that way, it's not just a, an artificial experience that you do just inside your business. Like it's part of everything Agreed. that you do. Uh, that's where I was having a little fun with it, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, the Greeks refer to it as the formal art of persuasion mm-hmm. quote. And it really is part of logic and linguistics. The art of persuasion is a, is a formal discipline. Um, it's, you know, the art of law, quite frankly, you know, but you have to persuade uh, beyond a doubt, correct? And in this instance, you know, bringing it back to, you know, Main Street and online, this is not the time to take any opportunity lightly. This is not the time to belittle both yourself or the potential client. Now's the time to, you know, be humble, be true, invite them on your journey, invite them into what inspired you uh, to even start the business. And maybe you should get in touch with why you started that business. I was just going to say, I'm I'm sure people are probably like, why did I start this? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, one of our old uh, mentors, she was a pretty big storyteller, you know, and I adored that lesson from her. Everything should be a story. And as we say, everything is a masterclass. Mm-hmm. But um, really, it is a story. And we learn around the campfire through what? Stories. And it's interesting. Once we start putting things in our experience and why we do what we do, how we do what we do, when we do it, with whom we do it with, that is a story. And it's not about sales. It's about inviting people on that journey with you in your story. Um, so it is a, an act of persuasion, but in a gentle way. And, you know, I think, honestly, one of the things that we all have to face today in this challenging economy is not any one opportunity should be overlooked. You shouldn't step over dollars to pick up pennies. The ones that like, know, and trust you are waiting to hear from you again. Be sure to reach out to them and say, even if it's just to say thank you for, you know, past patronage and uh, support and belief, and maybe even a champion or two. Um, And also look out there to see who else you can invite around. I think that's a good thing. I also think too, which is funny, that was such a soft, like, stay in touch, tell them thank you, which I agree with. And here I am being like, you need some gumption, (laughs) right? You need some gumption. I think it's both. I agree. It's like the, it's the duality of you have to have this piece of, you know, sharing your story and, and making sure your mission is clear and communicating that to people. But I also think as a business owner, you need some gumption right now. And I think maybe in the past couple of years, it's been this easy. Some Sometimes I think people in the past couple of years have felt like, wow, it was so easy, right? Where people were coming to me, business was flowing. I didn't have to stress out so much about like customers, referrals were like on tap, you know? And now, I think people in general are just being much more thoughtful of where they're spending their time, their money, who they're partnering with and developing relationships with. And so when I say you need gumption, it's the 
I can't sit on the sidelines and just kind of passively wait for people to just send me a referral. I can't just wait for people to discover me. I can't just wait for people to, you know, think about, I think it's even as basic as like, I can't rely on people just thinking of me organically. A hundred percent, Jessica. And I love the irony that you're the one, get off your ass. And I'm like, no, just say hi. You know, I, there's a- Well, I think it's always a good reminder to me because it's like, wait a second, I need to also like, have I been doing any of that? Well, I think we all have, to be honest with you. Everybody was just trying to get through 23, to be perfectly frank. But mm-hmm. I think this age um, from th- quarter three and four, I mean, hello, small businesses. We need to get up off our back ends because now is not the time to be passive, chilled, and relaxed. But that doesn't also mean that you have to go in for the kill. You can just say, you know what? I kind of got distracted here, but I do want to say for a moment, thank you. By the way, how else can I help you? You can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, creating an authenticity to it. I do think there's a lack of that. I think people believe strongly because you may ask a really smart question, as always. Why do you think they're on their sidelines not getting into the, you know, because they they believe if they don't have things more often, thought thoroughly through A to double Z, well, then I'm going to get caught not knowing something. And that's actually one of the best moments because you know what that did? Can I get back with you? <laughs> it's an automatic. Let me get that answer for you. I don't know and I don't want to guess. I want to make sure you get the correct answer. At least you started the conversation. Yes. Yes. And you get an opportunity to follow up because who knows where it would have gone if you did have the answer. You can let them take a breather, take a you know, half step back and then jump back into it again. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of that, quite frankly. A lot of folks were really on the fence in the fourth quarter of last year. A lot of folks were waiting to see where is the other shoe going to drop. And quite a few of them had it drop on their head. And then some didn't. And I'm talking to both. And that's my pleasure. I like, you know, really getting into the weeds with some and really helping folks. Come on, let's go. And so, you know, for me, it's a win-win. Whenever I get to reach back to folks that have said, no, not right now, I don't always take it personal. In fact, I never take it personal. I was like, all right, when's a good time to reach back with you? But I think, you know, let's get back to about Noma. Noma failed to communicate and everybody suffered. So I think it's a real, I feel inspired by that by asking, are there any local businesses around me that I used to go to that I've slowed down going to? And maybe I should just, you know, address that behavior too. Well, yeah, I think you, you, you picked up what I, what I bookmarked earlier in the conversation, which is, you know, we're talking, we talked, you know, about the perspective of biz, uh, you know, the business I own and how can I be really thoughtful about my sales and my marketing right now. But I also think too, I'm equally inspired like you are of like, wait a second, have I been thoughtful about going to local businesses and supporting those business owners that I know who maybe they're not yet asking for help, but we all know that small business owners need help. So 
So yeah. start asking, they do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, what I, I can immediately think of four different immediately small places. Now, I'm not a big one going out to dinner any longer, but that doesn't mean I don't go out to lunch or pick up something for the next day breakfast um, or, you know, some local produced food. I usually focus on that come the spring. I'm a big CSA, Community Supported Agriculture champion. I don't even think I'm a consumer. I think I'm a champion at this stage of the game. But, you know, there are a ton of resources that you can find locally and that really lend an ear. I've also been encouraging folks, believe it or not, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for an organization by the name of Business Networking International. When we first started, I credited BNI for the success of my my immediate success. Um, they were incredibly supportive. Um, man, they they are true. They 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 really back you up. They're a terrific resource for independent contractors and other small businesses because you have to get vetted to join. Them. Well, I I think it too. You know, I think it's you know we had to back in the fall. I think we yeah. had which sounds so gross. We had those ants, those black ants. Yes. Who, yeah. So I was like, we got to take care of this right away. So it was either, you know, do we call a big box, you know, corporate company or do I use a local business owner? And I, we use the local, we, I went with the local business yeah. owner. Right. And here was the best part. This guy comes out. Right. And he's like, he's in the business. It is part of, it is his business. I don't think it was his business, but anyway, he was obviously vested in it. And it wasn't just yeah. another, like, check it off. I'm here to do the job. Bye. He starts giving us the lowdown and like educating us on all these different, like, pests and different things. And I'm like, let me go grab some popcorn because I want to listen to this because you're so into this that now I'm so into I never knew I wanted to know so much about rats and why we shouldn't have them in, you know, residential. She doesn't have them. Okay. Just no, 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 I don't. But then we, I got to, I, you know, me, I'm like, okay, so what, what's like the worst rodent that you could have in your house? Like I start asking the, those questions. I, I can't help myself. And he was like, no, definitely. Uh, see, I got so excited. I knocked my headphone out. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's when he brought up rat. So my point is, is I think there are so many opportunities beyond just, you know, I think people automatically think like, well, I don't go out to eat or I don't go out to restaurants. It's like, well, no, who, who do you take your car to, to get repairs? Yes. Who do you have? Like, do you have people yeah. cleaning your house? Is it like a local business owner? Um, is it about like pest control, especially depending where you live in the country, right? You might need to have that more often than not. So I think there's lots of different ways that we can be creative and not just default to like, oh, well, I see JP Pest or whatever. I forget the name of it. The big corporate one that's always on the commercial side. They're, they're a regional player here in Southern New Hampshire. They are a big player. That's not the one I'm thinking of. It's a, it's a bigger one that I, I can't think of the name Oregon. of. But Oregon. Yeah, I think it was that one. I think it was that one. I was like, oh, I know that one because I see all their commercials all the time. And I was like, wait a second. A small yeah. business owner would, would absolutely be able to take care of this. Well, I you know, so here's the thing. When I hear the Noma... Let's go back to that because I think there's something really important. Yeah. Um, Even though the weather is stinky, could we take one day just go down Main Street in your town and park and just stroll through one day? Could you 
Um, go buy the local ice cream store. Yes, please. Oh, they all close for the winter. I'm telling you, what a missed opportunity. Here in Bedford, we had all the nation living with us for a week. A little something happened this week, but we were, we're not going to talk about that. But it was really jumping, as you might imagine. And, you know, it really brought in a lot of very needed revenue for the small businesses that support that whole circus. And, you know, small businesses were just raving about the opportunity and they really, they're so dang appreciative. So I guess, you know, the lesson I take is let's get back out. We're done with, you know, staying inside our homes. Let's get out and connect and uh, share and cheerlead and champion if you can. And also, you know, ask yourself next time you get that sales call and you're quick to say hell no or you know buzz off or whatever hear them out listen listen them out see what the oh if you're on the receiving end of a sales call yes just remember they're they're only doing their job they're not looking to you know fleece you because you can always say no you don't have to say you know drop dead well you know me i love being sold to yeah oh yes um but in this instance you know i think we can you can play both sides. Now, conversely, I want to I want to say one thing before we, you know, jump off of this because I'd really be remiss. I know a number of folks that have closed their business. And let me tell you, it was one of the best things they've ever done for themselves. So when it happens, it's not always negative. And, oh, because quite honestly, one was they just weren't hardwired to be business owners. And it was a dream they had. They they tested it out. And quite frankly, it was not a fit. And mm-hmm. happily, to their joy, they recognized this, right? So they were slow to get in the business. And then they were what? Quick to get the heck out, which was way to go, people. That's smart. The other person that ended up selling their business was really because of their well-being. And they were in a health challenge at the time, a health crisis, actually. And, you know, the position was, well, just close the business. It's not a prison sentence. Because you start a business doesn't mean that you always have to keep it open. So, you know, I just wanted to give it a little ballast to this conversation in the sense of we, we're, you know, really champions, stay open, be part mm-hmm. of the community. But recognize, too, there are some extenuating circumstances where life happens. And, you know, we, we want to honor that, too. And, um, you know. I, I just didn't want to not not give. I, no, I think that's a good point, though, because, again, I think in this very specific instance, they were citing low revenue. So the my yeah. perception of it then is like, oh, then this was not a desired outcome. This was not what they wanted uh-huh. to see happen. Absolutely. Not. Right. Yeah. But I do I do think you're right that I think sometimes you, you reach a, a crossroads and, you know, you have to decide, do I want to do I want to keep this? Do I want to let this go? Like you said. And can I say also the one that did close their business because they basically recognized, you know what, we're not wired for this. What was really fantastic is that 
the two, it was a husband and wife. What they ended up realizing is that actually we're great number two people. And they both went their separate ways because it was a husband wife team that owned the business. They sold it. And then they went off and they found other ways to express themselves very, you know, they, they took prominent positions as other team members and they have had unbelievable success on those chosen paths because they were free now. They could actually go all in. And Kali, could you imagine if they, no, we committed to this. We've got to see it through. We've got to stick with it. What a missed opportunity that would have been for their lives. I thought it took a lot of courage. And um, I have no doubt there were, you know, some nights they were crying and stressing and screaming and frustrated and scared and all of that negative stuff. And we lost a great business in the community. And, you know, um, but. They're the exception, not the rule. And yeah. just want to be sure to, you know, be fair about this, as I say. Yeah. You know, just kind of set up the table as full as possible. Well, I think we've, we've covered, as usual, a lot of ground in this episode. And I think that we, yeah, I think, I think we're just in, you know, in taking this topic of this, this business closing. I think there's so much as business owners that we can learn for our own business. I think as community members, we can be so much more thoughtful about supporting other businesses who may not be throwing yeah. up the, the the flare for help, but we know that they need our help. And I think also it's a good point to look at crossroads of, you know, what, what closing a business does not always signal a, a failure. No, no, actually, yeah. we, you know, like as I mentioned, an, an a terrific opportunity across the board. Yeah, and I think that's something to acknowledge as well. So thank you for creating space for that. Absolutely. So Susan, thanks so much as always for a great conversation. And um, I'll see you next time. I can't wait. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to IWanna Collaborate.com. I'm Jessica. And I'm Susan. See you next time.